Well, good morning. Good morning. I'm excited to be with you guys today, celebrating the 10-year anniversary here at Heart of the Father. So it's going to be a fun morning. I'm going to share a little bit, and uh, we'll have some testimonies actually uh, go forth. So it should be a fun, fun time this morning. Um, I wanted to make just a couple of comments before I get going that we are really going somewhere in our time of worship. I just want to encourage us, we're really going somewhere in our time of worship. And so as you continue to come on Sundays and Wednesdays, be ready, be expectant. God is really breathing, he's really doing something, and um, I don't want us to miss that. And then the second thing was uh, this past Friday we had our prayer meeting uh, here at the church at 7 o'clock, and we were praying for our nation, praying for the church, for different types of things, and the Lord is breathing on the place of prayer corporately as well. Um, that, this, that was our second time this past Friday, and so we got all of October. We're looking forward to that, all the Fridays, but uh, we are just trusting God as we gather together to pray. He's going to do the work. He's going to do something in us and through us, so I just want to encourage you guys to come on out and be a part of the things as, as you can. <clears throat> so this morning, as, um, as we talk about the past 10 years, I do want to keep, help you to keep it in context, even to your own life. Some of you have been here uh, two years, some eight years. It, it all varies, but also I want you to keep in mind uh, just your story and your life in God. That's really important. Uh, being a part of a community, your life in God is important to those brothers and sisters around you. And so I have my first question was this, where were you 10 years ago in your life in God? Where were you at? I was thinking about where I was at and I found my old journal from uh, way back in the day. And I found a prayer that I had written down. This was March 10th of 2009, so a little more over than 10 years ago. But here's what my prayer was to the Lord. I said, Lord, I ask you, why am I doing the things that I do? Who am I? Have I gotten too deep into this stuff? How am I going to get out? When am I going to get out? Rescue me. I'm blind right now, and I need to see with your eyes. God, why do I feel I don't really care anymore, but then I'm trying to stay in your word? Father, lead me and show me where I need to be. Help me become who I need to be. Don't lose me. Forgive me. I need you. I love you. Amen. And I was looking through some other journals I have in my office uh, this past week, and man, I was all over the place. <laughs> I was everywhere. My mind was so scattered, and I'm reading through things, and I'm thinking, what am I saying here? What was going on in my life during this time? And I look where I'm at today, and I just think only God could do this. Amen. Only God could do this. And when you think about where were you 10 years ago, really think about that. Where were you? And then here we are today. I'm assuming you're better than before. I'm assuming you're in a better place in God than you were before. I was, uh, the phrase came to me during worship. That, uh, the phrase was this. This way is so much better. This way with God is so much better. I know things are challenging in our country during this time, but 
this is so much better than how it used to be 10 years ago. And so where was Heart of the Father 10 years ago? Um, my perspective, I kind of have a unique perspective with Heart of the Father. I was here at the very beginning. I came uh, to Jeremiah's house 10 years ago. He had the first meeting at his house, and he's just preaching, and we're praying, and I didn't really know him, and I was getting to know him. And then eventually they got a building at Orange Street. You guys remember Orange Street? We were over there. Uh, then a couple years there, then they shift over to Pipkin Road. And so we're at Pipkin Road for a couple of years, and then shifting over to the Imperial Swan, the seventh floor of the hotel. It was a really unique place to, to, be, to have church at, but we were there for a period of time. And then it led us to the storefront down on South Florida at the, um, what is that plaza even called? Staples, Staples Plaza, yeah. <laughs> That's, Staples is there, but I guess it's their plaza. Yeah, CeCe's is there, but we were... We were there for, for several years as well, and then here we are today. It's been an incredible journey just to be a part of Heart of the Father family. I just remember when I first came you know, to be a part of this community 10 years ago, I never would have thought. If someone would have said, Brandon, the Lord is going to raise you up as a leader in this body and as an elder, I would have said, you're a false prophet. You're crazy. <laughs> like you've totally missed it. But it, it's a real testimony, and I say this with sincerity, and I don't say this because I'm, I'm uh, lacking confidence or because I'm, you know, um, I want your sympathy, but God really does choose the foolish things, and he raises them up. And I will tell you, I'm, I'm foolish. I don't really know a whole lot. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. But I, I pray and I seek the Lord, and I just allow him to lead me. I've learned this, that the best leaders are actually followers, the best leaders are truly followers. They follow Jesus. They're not ahead of Jesus. They're not a co-leader with him. No, they follow him. And so if you have leaders in your life and they're not a good follower, they're not leaders. I would stay away a little bit. I was texting Jeremiah. Uh, we were texting a little bit last night. And he messaged us elders uh, last night as well. He wants to send his love today to us. On the 10-year anniversary, this is probably the first time he has not been here on the anniversary in the past 10 years. So I know it means, uh, it means something to him, and I just can recall him saying, um, probably on almost every anniversary, he would say something along the lines of, uh, any man would be foolish to take credit for what God has done here. That you would be a fool for anyone to come up here and say, look what I did. You would truly be a fool for that. Open up your Bibles to Psalm 78. I want to take just a few minutes. I, I, I want to give those who are sharing some testimonies some time to share. I gave them a, a time frame, four to six minutes, but um, they may go over. So if they start going over, you guys just start giving them the look. All right? I don't know what that look is, but do something. Psalm 78. I want to briefly talk about the importance of remembering The importance of remembering. Psalm 78 is a snapshot picture of the history of Israel, and specifically when they're in captivity. And if you wanted to maybe title this little brief exhortation message I'm going to give, you could call it Overcoming by Our Testimony. Revelation 12 says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb 
and by the word of our testimony. So if we're not speaking the word of our testimony, we're only fighting at 50% capacity. We're overcome by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. So if we can't remember our testimony, we're fighting at 50%. If we're losing sight of where God has brought us from and where he's taking us to, if we lose sight of those things, we're only fighting at 50% to where we could be fighting. And what's very interesting, we're, we're, you know, God puts so much importance on remembering our testimony and remembering his testimony. And you look at our nation and they're trying to erase history and rewrite history. Forsaking the testimony of the Lord. That's a big issue in God's book. And so this morning, I don't want to come, and I'm not trying to be harsh or mean or anything like that. I really want to uh, speak tenderly to us and remind us to encourage us. And I believe the Father wants to as well. Psalm 78. We're going to read some scattered verses here, but I'll point you in the right direction. Verses 12 through 16. It says, Marvelous things he did in the sight of their fathers, in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. He made the waters stand up like a heap. In the daytime also he led them with the cloud, and all the night with the light of fire. He split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink in abundance like the depths. He also brought streams out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. Go to verse 24. He rained down manna on them to eat. And given them of the bread of heaven, men ate angels' food. He sent them food to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heavens, and by the power, and by his power, he brought in the south wind. He also rained meat on them like the dust, feathered, feathered fowl like the sand of the seas, and he let it fall in the midst of their camp, all around their dwellings. So they ate and were filled, for he gave them their own desire. And go to verse 32. But in spite of this, they still sinned and did not believe in his wondrous works. Therefore, their days he consumed in futility and their years in fear. And when he slew them, they sought him, and they returned and sought earnestly for God. Then they remembered God was their rock, and the Most High God was their Redeemer. Go to verse 38. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a breath that passes away and does not come again. But how often they provoked him in the wilderness. And grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. So verse 40 and 41, it says they tempted God, they grieved God, they provoked God, and they even limited God. So my question is, how did they tempt God? How did they provoke him? How did they limit him? How did they grieve him? Look at the next verse, verse 42 and 43. They did not remember his hand. They 
did not remember his power. The day when he redeemed them from the enemy, when he worked his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan. That's it. That's how they provoked God. That's how they tempted him. They grieved him. They even limited God. Forgetting the testimony of your past, of what the Lord has done, can actually limit your future in God. When you just don't remember, when you don't think about it, you don't recall back to what he has done. And so there's just three quick things I want to put out there to us that happen when we actually remember the testimony of the Lord. The first thing that happens when we remember his testimony is that we actually please God. He is pleased when we remember what he has done. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. When we recall our testimony, it stirs up some faith in our heart, and that pleases him. The second thing, you stir up love in your heart for Jesus. When you think about your testimony, you are stirring up love in your heart for Jesus. Psalm 119 says, your testimonies are my delight and my counselors. Your testimonies I have taken as an inheritance, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Also in Psalm 119 says, My soul keeps your testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. So if you're in a season where you're discouraged and you're down, and you feel like you're failing Jesus and you're failing him, and you can't just, you feel like you can't love him enough, just it's okay to think back to what he has done. Allow that to stir your heart for love for him today. The third thing that happens when we, when we remember his testimonies is that you remain equipped in the spirit. When you remember, when you keep the testimony of the Lord, you are keeping yourself in a position of being equipped in the spirit. Revelation 12:11, we overcame by the blood and by the word of our testimony. Our testimony is a weapon. Your testimony is a weapon the Lord will use. And it's so interesting where, where the Lord is so, he's so specific in how he wants us to pass on our testimony to our children. He wants that because it actually helps equip them. It actually does a work in them. It actually stirs something in them. I see it this way. When you actually... Um, when you actually remember your testimony, you're, you're building a fortress in God that it's really hard for the devil to penetrate. So when he comes with arrows of hopelessness, you can say, man, I was really struggling 10 years ago in hopelessness, and here's how the Lord got me out. Okay, good. So if Satan comes to me today with hopelessness, I'm, I know how to fight it. He comes to you with discouragement. Whatever he comes to you with. If you recall the testimony of the Lord, he can't get in there. But so often, we forget. And so I want to encourage you today as we think about the 10-year anniversary of Heart of the Father ministry, I want you to think about your testimony in the Lord. I want you to think about your life in God. And go back as far as you can, and I'm telling you, you will be so encouraged as I was reading my journals this week, I'm thinking, man, God, I'm, I'm so much further along than what I used to be. That's, that's encouraging for me. I know I have a long ways to go, but when I look back, I really do see how far I've come. 
And so we wanted to take some time this morning to give some folks, some brothers and sisters, an opportunity to share what God has done in them at Heart of the Father, uh, what God is doing through them at Heart of the Father. And so I asked them to, to seek the Lord and ask the Lord what they would have, what he would have them share. And so the first couple that is coming up, I need you guys to cheer for these couples as they come up. But the first one is uh, Flip and Janet Penny. If you didn't know, these are the parents of Leah Axe, our children's pastor. Can you? Yeah. So, Brendan asked the question, where were you 10 years ago? And I just had this amazing thought that 10 years ago today... I was standing in Israel singing prophetically over Jerusalem. Wow, what a thought. But I don't want to share about that today, but what I want to share about is where I was six years ago today. Um, we had got back from Israel, I got back from Israel when we were, um, had moved and we, we didn't have a home church. And we were sitting in a large church, just kind of blending in, waiting for the Lord to plant us. Flip and I have been married be 41 years next month, and we're not church hoppers. We've been to like maybe four or five churches in our whole married life, and we only moved churches because God said move. So I remember six years ago, about today, uh, a friend that was going to Heart of the Father, and it was at the Staples Mall, whatever you want to call it, back on South Florida. And she was going there, her name was Donna, and she said, Janet, there's this church, and there's this pastor, and they just do worship, and they have the heart of David like you, and this, it, you just got to come and visit this church. And so we uh, prayed about it, and we ended up going. And that Sunday morning, I was getting dressed to go the first time. Didn't know anybody there, never been to the building. And I woke up. And you've probably had this happen to you before, too, but there's this song that just, like, floats up from the innermost being, and it just, like, where did that come from song? Well, I had a song that floated up in my spirit that had been laying there for 30 years. I had wrote a song for a wedding 30 years ago for a friend, and I was going to sing it at the wedding. <clears throat> and I haven't sang it since that day. It had been over about 30 years. And the song was... This is the day I will marry my friend, the one that I laugh with, the one that I live for. This is the day I will marry my friend, the one that I long for, the one that I love. And I thought to myself, why am I singing this song? Because I, I, I forgot all about it. It's been three decades. Forgot about it, got ready, got to church. We were living in Winter Haven. We drove into the parking lot over there at the church. Walked in the door. <laughs> and you that were there will know. On the wall of the whole side of the sanctuary on this side was a scripture. <clears throat> I don't remember the scripture, but I do know that it said something on the line of... As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so he will marry you. 
And when I saw that word Mary, it just like, bam. And God said, you're, in, you're walking into a covenant today, Janet, because marriage is a covenant. Joining a church is a covenant. I'm in covenant with you and you and you and you. But God said, I'm taking you into a, co- a deeper realm of covenant relationship with me and with this church. And we never went to another church after that. That was it. First service, first day, heart of the Father, and we joined the church like in just a couple of weeks. And we've been there ever since. It's been six years. And so I'm, I want to tell you today, if you're, if you're new or you're looking for a church, ask the Lord to reveal to you if this is your home. It may be. It may not be. Like Jeremiah or somebody always says, if you're not meant to be here, we don't want you. We want you because God wants you here because you don't want to be out of the will of God. But I have found covenant community like I have never had before. And I have been walking this walk for a long time. And I have found covenant community here that I have not found in any other church. And I just want to thank the Lord for heart of the Father and for the leaders and the elders here and all the staff. And I just want to say this, like um, 85 to 90 percent of the people that I'm in deep covenant with in this church are like three to four decades younger than me. And I just love that because that keeps me young. So I'm excited about that, honey. All right. I had my testimony all planned out, and the Lord changed it already this morning. Uh, six years ago when we started coming, it was probably some of the darkest days of my whole entire life. Um, I just came out of a serious car accident that about took me out of this world, and I had concussion, serious concussion. I had depression, had a nasty scar on my head from 50 stitches and stuff, and like Jan said, we were in a church that just couldn't really get close or nothing. So through all that, there was nobody coming to visit or anything like that. So I kind of missed that from years ago. But somebody said, go to Heart of the Father. So okay. So we go in there. And just as soon as we walked in the door, I felt the overwhelming love of the people. I mean, genuine. And I even told Jana, I says, man, even the young people, I mean, they're so on fire for God. And they just love God with their whole heart. And they Love one another genuinely. They don't just tell you. They show you. And that was a big strength to me right then. And then I remember the word that they preached was just a raw, organic, true truth of the word. No sugarcoating to try to get the numbers up or to keep people. They preached a raw, organic word. And that really touched me. And then they also, at times, will let the body join in and minister. So I remember... I come in, my arm was in a sling, I had a tore bicep ligament, one arm, but my right arm, I couldn't do over this because of the accident. And they come up, and some young man come up and say, hey, can I pray for you? I said, sure. So he started praying for my arm, and I'm thinking in my head, oh, brother, he's going to make me want to do stuff that I couldn't do and stuff. And, and I tell you, if I put my arm out like this and turned it, I'd scream like a girl. It was so painful. And... <laughs> So, he, you know, he's sitting there praying for me, and I'm thinking, oh, please don't make me do anything. And then I'm thinking, wow, he's sincere. You know, he is really putting it out there. Then a little bit later, I guess one of the other guys is a little bit older than him, but still a young guy, came over and said, you know, the Word of God says, by his stripes you are healed. So be healed in the name of Jesus. And I'm like, wow, that was pretty simple. And... Uh, <laughs> 
so they're doing it. They said, well, take the sling off. I said, okay, I'll take it off. And I'm like, oh, don't make me move my arm. And they kept praying. He said, how is it? I said, I can still feel a little bit. And he, then the words came, do something with your arm that you couldn't do. So I put it out, and I did this. I'm like, wow, okay. And I guess Jeremiah saw it, and he told me, I said, Flip, what's going on? Come here and share with the people. So I go out there and tell them. And I said, I just want to thank God for healing my heart. And I go, <laughs> my other arm. <laughs> so, so I'm just thankful that they were preaching and teaching the true organic word. They were not sugarcoating. That's very important to me. And they were implanting that into the hearts of the people there. And then they let them do the word, not just hear it only, but also do it. And I'm so thankful for their faith because it encouraged me, got me through the dark days. I just love everybody. So thank you. Yes. I just want to say one sentence to Allison. As a lover of Israel, I just want to tell you that Friday night at sundown is Rosh Hashanah. It's the new year, and that's important to God, and it's a perfect time. It's a new beginning. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, guys. And Janet, she, um, an awesome singer, songwriter, and flip, he will strike you out in baseball. He will. Next up, we got um, Eric and Amaryllis Flores. We love Eric and Amaryllis. I'll tell you what, I think uh, they are the godparents of our son Ezekiel. Is that right? Amaryllis, she will love the devil out of you. So if you got a couple demons. I brought my little paper because I wasn't sure if I could remember everything. But I want to share something that... The Lord showed me yesterday when I was getting ready. I saw the people that will be sharing today, and from their mouths were coming little letters made out of gold. And the moment that they came out, they started growing, and they just hit people in their hearts, and it would just sear the hearts and be healed, and be restored, and receive what the Lord wants us to receive today. So, I just wanted to share that we started coming to Heart of the Father about two years ago. And it was because we read something in social media. At the time, we read about this fiery preacher And he was speaking truth, and he was speaking love, and he was um, challenging people. And I said to Eric, let's go. But we couldn't come on Sundays because we were serving at another church. And, um, you know, when you are serving in a church, you just don't get up and leave. You know, that's at least that's not what I think we should do. And so we started coming to Bible studies on Wednesdays. And the first Wednesday that we came in, we had worship. And the first chord that was played 
I just felt the presence of the Lord. And I just started crying because my heart was so hungry for the Lord. And then after that, we went to the Bible study and there was this young man. Um, and let me tell you, I, besides my sweet husband, I have never seen somebody that his eyes are so pure and you can see the love of the Father in him. And I remember that a couple of weeks later, we said, Brandon, um, sorry, Brandon, I put you on the spot. <laughs> I said, Brandon, um, we're not going to be here because we're going on a short mission trip. And um, by my, to my surprise, he said, can I pray for you guys? And I was like, oh, okay. And that act of love just exploded in my heart. And I knew that we, we had to come. We had to come. Now, I have to explain something. I don't cry. I don't cry. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I don't cry for anything else but the Lord in his presence. You know? And I don't cry for anything else but doggy movies. Okay. <laughs> Put me to watch a doggy movie and I will be bawling. <laughs> but the Lord... Oh, it's so good. Now, I have to confess something to you. When I came here the first Sunday, uh, Saturday, uh, Wednesday, <laughs> I said, maybe we will get a prophetic word from that, prof the, from that preacher. And you know, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Lord changed the plans. He changed them. Because he wanted to do something in me. He wanted to show me that his love is more important than anything else. So I just have one more thing to share with you. During the month of August, we got sick. We got the virus, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and um, in other church that we were, we would get sick fly. And here we got calls from the elders, from people. We got messages. Guys, how are you doing? How is everything? And I have to tell you that that is the sign that the Lord wants us to be recognized by. Love. He says, by their love, they will know and that is, the, that is the sign that I see here, the love that the Lord has put in everybody. So bless you, and thank you for accepting us. I think that the, the, the beginning is always very important, and we are here because of the worship, and I will let you explain a little bit why. Last century, we went to a church in Canada, in Toronto, maybe you know what church I'm speaking for, and then uh, we were just attending a church in Costa Rica, we were living in Costa Rica by, by then, and then graciously the church paid our trip to, to Toronto, 
And then, uh, of course, uh, I was working, not very heavily involved in the church, but as soon as I got <laughs> in the aisle of the church, I felt a heavy presence. I felt the love of the Lord just kind of hitting me. And at that very moment, I know I was transformed because I didn't do this in the past. Before that, I, my heart was very hard. My heart was a stone, made out of stone. I was harsh. I was mean. I said things that I regret to this time to people because yeah, I was mean. But at that point, I became a whipper. <laughs> I, I cannot help it. It's a, it's a, it's kind of a, an interesting process. So then we went back to church. We helped. We had a lot of stuff going on, and then just by the grace of God, we were relocated here to, well, to Charlotte, and then come down here to to Florida, and then we were kind of serving in another church, and then, of course. That same uh, Wednesday that Amarilis spoke about, we were in the aisle. <laughs> and as soon as we were crossing the aisle, we felt that same God pouring into me. So I said, yes, that is the worship. Because worship was, was going on. And I said, yes. This is the church. This is the church we will need to attend because the presence of God is here. The presence of God is, is manifesting here. And then uh, that reignite the, the love of God in, in, in me, in, in us. So that means that we were able to establish a true and meaningful connection with God again. And that was because... First of the worship, but then when we entered the, the Bible study on a Wednesday, what we saw there was giants, giants in the Bible, giants in the world, because people were just uh, citing the verses really well. We said, wow, yeah, that's it. That's, that, that's what we need. So, so, so you get to humble yourself saying, how little of the Bible do I know? So I need to. To, to be eh, better in the Bible. I need to go to the Bible. I need to be eh, reading more the Bible. So that's one major thing that God has done with us, I, I believe, here. And I also believe that God has chosen this church. And the church is not the building. God has chosen each one of you to be here at this very moment, at this very time, because God is going to do something, and he's already doing something through you. You have seen how, how God is touching the worship team in a marvelous way. We will have this uh, live uh, recording on Friday, which those, uh, those songs, every time that I hear those songs, my heart just melts, just melts, because I know 
that those songs are not only for this church. Those songs are for the nation, and those songs are for the nations as well. It's not going to stay just in this uh, area, not for Lakeland. It's for the United States and for the whole world. You will see that. So, and everything is not because of us, not because of every effort that, that we have put in, in everything, but it's because of, of God's mercy. Romans 9.15 says that I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. And God's compassion and God's mercy is here in this church. So, this church has meant or is meaning a lot to us because I know that this is one of the churches that is on the side of God, is not on the side of men. Is a church that is following God, God, give me direction, and I will do the direction of God. This is the type of church that we need to to be. And for that reason, one thing that I'm glad to see is that we are going to start teaching about uh, spiritual gifts because in that way, every single person here can participate. And remember that in 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says that pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Why prophesy? I like to, uh, that love that Flip was uh, speaking about, that Amarilis uh, talked about, is because God is speaking to our hearts. And he speaks to everybody. He doesn't speak to the anointed. He doesn't speak only to the, to the people that is here on stage. He speaks to everybody. And we need to learn to hear his voice. And because it's for everybody. Remember that also uh, Paul says that that gift is for all. We are not, I am not talking about being uh, in the office of a prophet. That's another thing. I am just talking about encouraging, about giving comfort, and about giving uh, edification, like it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 3. So it's another thing. I would like to see everybody here speaking in love, because without love, we are nothing. So if God is love and God is in us, then everything that we speak should be encouraging, should be edification, should be comforting everybody. So let's uh, receive the love and give the love. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Next up, we have the one and only Amanda Thrasher. I'm so sorry. I'm just so used to being extra. It's hard not to. <laughs> My old job was speaking to people and being extra and getting their attention. But uh, yeah, so I'm actually nervous because I got to be serious. So <laughs> let me breathe. Um, hi, I'm Amanda. Um, I know. That's funny. I love you. Okay, so I'm very honored to be here in front of every one of you. And everyone who 
was and is a part of our family. Like, um, I started coming here in 2013 when I moved here from Melbourne, Florida. Um, had no idea about this church, but my friend invited me. This is the second church I, I ever visited, and I stayed because just like what they've been saying, like I knew God wanted me here, and I could just feel the presence of God like I've been desiring so much. Like I couldn't, I couldn't find anything like this community. It's so, it's so, um, it's so rare to find. I really treasure this community and the body and every single one of you because it was so hard. I never found one. Um, for three years that I lived um, in Melbourne, and I was just so um, impacted from the very beginning by the the culture of prayer. Um, that was my first thing I really want to say is that, yeah, the culture in the, the um, how did I say it in my notes here? I want to, okay, the importance in the, of prayer and the heart of prayer um, that has just been just from the very beginning, very impacted me. You do not know what you've done to me, Mama Marie, Lisa, and Janet. Like, you have imprinted in me, like, in my heart, and, like, in every single leader, too. It's not, I'm just, they're just popped in my, my brain, and I wrote in my note. And, um, but the, how we all speak on prayer and the importance of prayer, it's imprinted in my being now. It is it's something that I will treasure forever, your examples that you've been to me and um, every single one of you and the elders and everyone who comes up here and prays, uh, prays passionately and, you know, with um, faith. And it doesn't have to be passionately, but in faith. And I've just been very, um, you don't know what you've done to me. Like, I'm serious. You guys don't know what you've done for me and done to me. Now it's like such an example to um yeah, live up to and live uh, and want to be like you guys. Like, um, you just, I haven't, I ha you don't know, um, yeah, what you've done to me. I just feel like this has been a place where it's just been beautifully, like, puddles of tears. Uh, <laughs> that's been my experience right here, just, like, puddles and puddles of tears, um, and just learning to pray, even in, in weeping, like they said. Like, there's just this God's presence that will just get to your heart. And I feel like that's the season that I'm in right now. This, is, this community has been a, a place of healing because God's trying to remind me and bring me back to my heart that I've let get so guarded and, um, and to let myself weep again and feel again. And I just really realized this today. I was like, this place has the heart of the Father. And God's bringing me back to in alignment with that. Like, he wants our hearts, like the whole thing, every emotion, every um, part of us. And, and we can't shut ourselves away, but we give it all to him. And it's just, this has been a body of healing in many seasons when I was so dry and uh, from from school, man, like college was a lot and it bur I got burnt out so bad. Um, 
on my studies and everything, but this has been a place of healing that God's just brought me. Every one of you that brings a piece of hunger in the room, every one of you brings something that's, that's helped us and cultivated a community that wants just Jesus and not the world or anything else. And I, I, you can feel that in those moments of weakness in my life and in dryness and in the wilderness or whatever we want to call it, um, like in such hard times too, like every single one of you who who are worshiping in this room, I want to encourage everyone, not, you know, the people I did mention, I'm not just talking about them, I'm talking about every one of you too. You all have been such, um, you brought such um, a hunger and a um, this culture of that just goes after the Lord, and that's a revelation for like after Him, His throne, His presence. And I've um, ever before this, I've ever come here. I've never heard a community ever talk about Revelation four any more uh, more than this community. I just loved it, um, and it just really speaks about how presence focus and God focus and um, you guys are, and this this community is this church. Um, yeah, and so, oh, man, I want to say so much. Um, it's so, <laughs> like, it's very rare to find, like, a place and people that just want God and nothing else and don't want the world and its culture or care about its music or entertainment and crap, <laughs> but uh, just want Jesus. And, and I feel like that's been so encouraging to run with people right by my side um, and have friends that, like, when we get together, we don't talk about that stuff. We talk about Jesus. We talk about his kingdom. We talk about our dreams and the visions he's given us. We talk about getting souls one for the kingdom. And it's just like, it's, and in, in those dry seasons I'm talking about, that's what's kept me in alignment with his will for my life, in alignment, going after him and seeking him first when I didn't feel like it. And, you know, I'm just being honest. That, that happens to all of us. And it's running with people that have, or that's their heart, and surrounding yourself with them it can just go after God, and they can stoke something in you, you know. And so that's why it's been really important and impacted me so much here and so much every single one of you. I just want to encourage every one of you today that I've been so blessed by every one of your lives, every one of your smiles. And those of you that don't specifically know, I really would love to get to know you too. And I don't specifically like know heart to heart, but I will and I, I would, I really want to because um, I'm an extrovert and uh, <laughs> And uh, if you <laughs> would like to get to know me, too, um, I'm serious. I'm an extrovert. So let me know. <laughs> um, let me know for real. I'm not joking. That was, you're laughing, but yeah. Yeah, this is in a place of encounter. And I'm so thankful for this place of encountering God, like um, never before in my life. And just very, very thankful for every one of you. So I love you all. All right, next up, Kevin Jones. Yeah. Kevin. Side note, we will have an extrovert party after service at Amanda's house. Here. So, I too brought notes. Um, mainly to keep me on track, but there seems to be a prevailing theme here, 
and that is uh, you guys love community and love to love, and um, that's not a bad thing for a body. Hold on, my paper's being unruly. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I don't like unruly things. Uh, I'm going to do something kind of strange. I'm going to invite someone up who is not my spouse, Lisa. Would you mind coming up? This lady right here is my sister. I cry a lot, too. Um, and I think Lisa's son probably coined it. I, I cry for three things, and that's God, family, and the Florida Gators. <laughs> Pretty much in that order. And so I have to add a little humor in there every now just to keep my sanity and so I don't cry. So um, when I was asked to do this, Brandon sent out a thing and asked us, uh, to be honest, a flood of emotion took over. It was a tragedy that ultimately led us here. And uh, some of you know Mick is my nephew. Um, Jared and Pep, back in the back, are my, I don't know what they are. <laughs> Jared, Jared used to be in the youth group with Mick, then he married my wife's cousin. So, technically, Jared is now a cousin. So, um, Brooke and Robert, you know Brooke and Robert, that's my kids, my grandkids are here. Kaylin was also in the youth group that Lisa and I were youth pastors for, I forgot how many years, 12 years. And, uh... So, and there's always a constant in my life other than Miss Lisa, and that was Billy Landon. Some of you know Miss Billy. She, uh, let me tell you something, that woman's a jewel. And, uh, and without this core group, and of course my wife, I, I probably would not have gotten through that tragedy. Um, that tragedy was a pastor passing away um, suddenly. Uh, went in for surgery, went in for a second surgery, never came out, not really. Um, young man, younger than I am now, and, uh, and, and we never, never saw him again. And that's so challenged my faith. Because, see, I knew the people in that hospital room praying for him. People like Lisa, like Billy. I knew what went forth. I knew what was spilled out before the throne on his behalf. And yet, for whatever reason, I won't get into that, but I believe now, I know, I believe, I believe God has given me peace about that. A lot of that peace has come from here. And we came in, I think, in 2014. Is that right? That's why I have her here. <laughs> she, is, uh, she has always been a constant for me as well. And, you know, we had a, we had a youth event that... Kaylin's brother put on called Beauty for Ashes. And 
Jerry came and spoke. And I was telling Allison, I don't think we ever paid him. I'm pretty sure we didn't, actually. And, uh, but I've, I've heard he's made a comment about that before. And that, and that he said, and I feel like this was a good thing for him to say that. I felt encouraged by that. He says, I believe what I got in return was better. I mean, you know, so I'm glad Jeremiah thought about that. <laughs> glad he likes us a little bit. So, but uh, what he spoke on was the concept of how do we look at others? How do we, how do we, do we look at others the way Jesus sees us? And you guys have probably heard him speak that and preach on that. But, but there was something else he grabbed. He says, how do I look at myself when I look in the mirror? Do I see the person Jesus sees? I didn't always do that. When I came here, when we came here, and we came in mass when we came, and you guys, man, were just so awesome, opened your arms. None of us wanted to do anything. We were burned out, man, just to be honest. Wanted to sit. I think Lisa jumped into the fray a little bit before the rest of us. Yeah, and Mick, and uh, with the worship team. And uh, I just didn't want to. I sat back on my little chair with my wife, and we were all good. I was asked to do things. No, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. One day, um, I was asked to run sound. And uh, I think Kelly had asked me. And I had w one training day, and that was Asia. You guys remember Asia? She was here. Sat with her. She trained me one day, and then Asia left. <laughs> went to North Carolina or somewhere. I don't know where she went. It was like, what? So then I had to have Eddie train me, which, uh, uh, no. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. So, so all of a sudden, I'm back in that, and it was different. I didn't want to be there. Um, but you guys, man, the elders, everybody just opened up. Jerry kept coming by wanting to give me words, <laughs> you know, and to be honest, I mean, they were, they were dead on and I ignored them. Um, I've learned to serve here better. I've always had that gifting, I think. I think it's always been in me. But I've learned to serve here without, without accolades. Um, and, and that was part of the, of the thing, even with the prophetic stuff that would come forth from, from Jeremiah. Hey, man, you need to do this. You need to plug into this. You need to do that. Is man, I, I, I don't want that anymore. I don't want, I don't need it. It's not, I think Lisa will tell you the same thing, right? You know? Um, you guys welcomed us as a group. You welcomed us as an individual. You welcomed us the way we were. People have come, people have gone. But the essence here of community 
has stayed regardless. The love, I mean, that's, that's the prevailing thought that's come from this pulpit this morning is love and, and, and community. And that's what, that's what hit us. You know, we had an opportunity to sit and talk with Jeremiah after the, the thing. And we realized, you know, we, we, give you a little background. We were a church that was in transition to elderhood, eldership, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, elder-led model. That's where we were. Then our pastor dies, elderhood. Did you laugh at me for that? Did you just laugh at me? See, now I'm going to have trust issues again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but, you know, seri- <laughs> sorry. on a serious note, we were looking at that and going, my goodness, there's a church down the road that's doing and able to do exactly what was in our pastor's heart. We thought the vision was dead. And here you guys were. Barry, you've been here how long? Ten years? Dave? Eight years? Brandon, ten years? With a break. I took a break. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, you know, and, and this thing was, was being cultivated and, and, and being brought together. At the same time, our little body was going through tragedy. This was being built up. And when we saw that, we're just like, you know, I told Lisa, my question to her was, and, and one of the other elders that was there, what are we doing? Why aren't we down the street joining them, joining God where he is already working? Experiencing God. Some of you guys know that, that study and probably have walked through it. My pastor, our pastor was, and he was ingrained in that. Find out what God's doing and enjoy him there. And, and that's what we did. And I just want to tell you guys thank you. Man, you, you, have, you have made our family feel welcome. You've made me feel welcome, Lisa, all of us. I mean, even, man, you even promoted Mick to youth pastor. Lord, you guys really drank the Kool-Aid. Uh, but, you know. But anyway. Uh, you want to say something? You want to say? All right. I wasn't asked, so I'm, I'm jumping in. But I, I asked him if I okay, okay. Thank you, thank you, because it's an honor. So I think the thing that that jumps into my heart, what we wanted and what we saw here that was so beautiful, our heart was with the young people, and the thing that we did right in our youth group was we, what, for whatever reason, they stayed. They didn't leave after youth, and but there was such a small number of them, and we. We were we just wanted them to have a larger community so that, you know, they were looking for spouses, they were looking for community, they were just at that point of that verge where they could have made a decision. And what we saw here was a way for them to expand the group of young people that they were with that were going to just, you know, pour gold into their lives. And that was so beautiful. We never felt like our church died we felt like we just assimilated. And we appreciate the fact that you allowed us to assimilate as a family and just open the doors wide. And the thing that I feel like I want to encourage all of you, and maybe even people that might be watching online today that don't haven't come here or whatever, but that the thing that I felt so right here, I just knew that I was rightly aligned 
we knew that we were rightly aligned. There's a thing in the kingdom about being rightly aligned. And, you know, in the Bible, there's 12 tribes. They, were, they had different complexions. In the body of Christ, there's different expressions of who Jesus is. And, you know, when you find your tribe, you just know these are my people. It's awesome. And that's, I feel like that alignment, when you find that, is a beautiful thing wherever it is. But we're cultivating that here. And I love how we assimilate people in and we also can let people go and go where they need to go next as God repositions without any, you know, anxiety or, or bad feelings. It's just meant to be a fluid river and it's just beautiful. And love is at the foundation of it. It. So um, I've just been strengthened in love here and walked through um, some difficult things, too, and it just felt like this community was undergirding, and it was the love of Christ expressed here. So I love you guys, too. Right. One more thing. Amanda, are you still here? Amanda? She, she, okay. Amanda loves Indian food. So if you want to take her out, she, she said she wants to go out. Curry Mango. She loves that place. So, and, and really do that with these young adults, man. They're awesome. I'm telling you. Awesome. Thanks, Kev. You guys got time for one more. Okay. Isaiah Santiago. You got to stand right here in the front. That's what preachers do, right there. I'm going to be doing this one day. Um, hi, I'm Isaiah. You guys know me, most of you. Um, you guys knew my dad, Rocky, Rocky Young. And you guys knew that he wasn't, he, he's not here today. He passed away a year and a half ago. And now I'm with the Santiago's, my lovely family. And uh, I've, I've been here like probably a couple months after the fifth anniversary, so four and a half, five years almost. And when we came here, everybody was just so loving. The, I want to thank Cliff. I don't think Jay is here. Eric. Um, just everybody that helped us out, he, ha he had no right leg, and we needed a lift, and the church helped pay for one. We had one installed at our house, and they really helped us with that, and he was really thankful, and I want to thank Brandon, Barry, Dave, um, because on the day he passed, it was... 12.30 in the morning and he passed an hour later and I called Cliff. He was the first one at the hospital and then Barry, Dave, and Brandon showed up there at 2 in the morning for us and it's just amazing because they were like our family and my dad, he gave Enrico a nice flaming jacket and uh, we were, he was just a 
this was just a great family. We came here four and a half years ago, and we've stayed. And this is the second church we've ever been to, and we just love it here. And I love you guys. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Can you guys, let's stretch our hands towards Isaiah. Let's pray for Isaiah. Stretch your hands out towards him. Father, we thank you for Isaiah. Lord, he is such a prophetic sign to us that you have adopted us all, Lord. You have brought us into a family, Lord. We thank you that you have done this for us, God. We thank you for Isaiah, that he is a son to you. He is a son of this house, Lord. He belongs here. There is purpose. There is destiny on him, Father. So we just ask that you would release it unto him, God. Would you unlock, Lord, more in his life, God? Would you prepare him? Would you equip him, God, for the call that is upon his life? God, we pray anointing. We pray grace. We pray strength. We pray fire. We pray water. We pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit would be upon him in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray. Pray for him. Let's go. Let's pray a little bit. Lift him up, Jesus. Lift him up, Jesus. Lift him up, Jesus. Yes. Lift him up, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Thank you. God is causing your roots to grow deep, Isaiah. Your roots are growing deep. It may hurt, it may feel painful, it may feel uncomfortable, but God is causing your roots to grow deep. God's going to give you an unquenchable hunger and longing for his word, that his word is going to be shut up in your bones like a burning fire, that you will become weary of holding it in, you will not be able to hold it in. God, put your word in him. Put your word in him, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you saved him from the pit of hell. And you have placed him into a family. You've placed him into the heart of the Father. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last thing I wanted to do, I I do think this is important for our body, um, our 10-year anniversary. So we could probably all say the year 2020 has felt like 10 years in and of itself. (laughs) There's been plenty to talk about. And, um, you know, in the midst of COVID, of all the racial tension, and also in the midst of Jeremiah's transition, um, it's, it's all been difficult and challenging. And I really feel the Father's heart for us today on this 10-year anniversary that he has a gift for us, that he has a gift that he wants to give us. And the way I, I feel it in my heart and the way I would describe it is that I believe the Father wants to renew, renew his covenant with us. And it's not like Jesus needs to die again and we got to do all over again. It's not that, but it's like he wants to speak over us his covenant that his name is Emmanuel, God with us. That he is here in our midst, and he wants to be the one to declare it and speak it over us. 
and I just feel his heart of compassion. I, he, he sees the, the challenges that we've gone through just in this past year, and he wants us to know that he is with us and that we just need to receive that. Barry preached on it last week, grace, that we as a, a community, we as a family, we need to receive his grace. Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is in your midst, the mighty one who saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one who saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. And he will rejoice over you with singing. And the worship team wrote a song that's called Count It All His Joy. I want to read, and I'll close us out in prayer with this. But it says, as we become those who dream again, believing we'll see you touch our land. And every test was not in vain. And we will say the Lord has done great things. Every heart will sing. The nations will shout your majesty. You've given us hope to win the war. And we will say, the Lord has done great things. Can you guys stand with me and let's pray. Father, here we are this morning. We rest in the fact that we are your people, that we belong to you. Before we belong to ourselves or before we belong to this world, we belong to you. And God, I just pray that a supernatural rest would come over this body. That, Lord, we've been through difficult and trying times, even just in this year, Lord. And I just pray that, I, and I believe, Father, it's in your heart to put a supernatural rest upon us. That you are speaking grace over us. Grace upon grace. And I pray this grace would come from the fullness of Jesus. Jesus, we want your fullness, and when your fullness comes, there will be grace. So, Lord, I just pray, Zephaniah 3, 17, over us, Lord, that you would sing over us. I pray that we would have ears to hear you sing over us, that you are rejoicing over heart of the Father. You are cheering for us. You are rooting us on, that you are with us. You are Emmanuel. We thank you, Father, you are with us today. You are with us for our future. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you all. I pray that you walk out with a smile on your face. If not, there's cake that will put a smile on your face, all right? Bless you all.